Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you attract more visitors, generate more leads, and close more customers. I am Justin, and with me is my co-host, Ken Ken, how are you doing today? Doing great, Justin. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Ken, we talk to a lot of businesses that are looking to make improvements to their websites, but they simply don't know what direction or really how to get started. And, you know, majority of these individuals, they haven't updated their website in a while. So we get a lot of questions around, you know, what improvements can I make to my site that will make a big impact? So we put together a list of eight items that can be implemented easily that will help improve your websites. So let's dive in. You guys have probably received dozens of phone calls over the past two to three years about making your website responsive. However, there's still plenty of websites out there that are not responsive or are not mobile ready and some of you may not even know what the heck that is. So let's chat about making your website mobile ready. Yeah, this is a great one to start with because it's been around for a little bit as far as this this big movement in uh, web the web design world. And a lot of uh, this was pushed by the rise of the mobile devices, the increased yeah. use. I mean, now most, the majority of websites likely to pull up an analytics report, you're going to see more your traffic's coming from mobile devices than desktop computers. And so this one might not be as a, a, a simple, easy update um, as, as some of these others might. And um, the... The changes that we're going to talk about here, some of them are super simple, uh, things that you can adjust to your existing website. Some of them might yeah. require a little bit of an overhaul, but uh, this one here is a little bit more of a, a, a bigger item, but it's very important. So if your website is not mobile ready, if you haven't made the move yet, you really, really should give consideration to it now. Um, yep. It's it's super important that you take a look at, rather than how your website looks on your laptop or your desktop, start to think like the majority of your website visitors think or how they're using your site. And it's likely that you need to shift your focus to a mobile first mm -hmm. uh, standpoint. So the best thing to do I could say here is, is if you're not, if your website's not mobile ready, definitely make that, that step. Now the flip side is, is your website might be mobile ready. And what you need to do here is then take a look at how your website does appear or how it functions on a mobile device. Right. Because a lot of these sites were built back during the initial changeover. Uh, I say changeover is like there was this um, this date on the calendar that everyone, well, this kind of was when Google did their, their switch or their update. But uh now, what you want to do is some of these sites have been built a long time ago. Their responsiveness, they are quote unquote responsive, but maybe they're not optimized best for mobile devices. See, but Ken, I think that, I think 
I think people are still getting confused because they they look at their website on a mobile device and they see that it's just like a shrunk down version of it. And they're like, well, you know, my, my website is mobile ready, isn't it? That's an interesting point not, you bring up. Yes, because, <laughs> you know, I had recently visited a client that we just did a redesign for and they were a little angry when I walked in the door. And this is my fault for, I think, and not properly educating, mm-hmm. but, uh, they were like, uh, our website isn't mobile ready. And, and I'm not very happy about it. And I'm like, I am pretty sure that it is. However, perhaps right. there's something that's not causing this thing to load, right? Maybe there's a glitch that we overlooked and, you know, we are human. So this happened. Mm-hmm. Let me pull this up. And I'm like, that looks fantastic. It's great. He goes, that doesn't look like our website. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not it. Somebody else. And, and, that. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, but this is the mobile version of your website, but that doesn't look like what it looks like in my computer. And I was like, well, you're used to the trunken version because we just came from that. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I assumed that we understood this and that was my fault for assuming. Yep. And so once I explained to him what we had going on, mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, that makes absolute sense. So great point. <laughs> the mobile version so if you if you have a site that's not responsive, your website still will appear on mobile devices. It just is going to be shrunken. It's going to be super small, down. super 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 small. So like the text is going to be super tiny, and it's going to have to do the the pinching to expand and yep. see what anything could uh, it be used. Read. Absolutely. However, it's not what we're talking about here. No. And so what we're talking about here is, is your website being constructed in a way that it adjusts to the width of the screen upon which it's being viewed. So your text, your font size remains consistent and the elements rearrange based on whether it's being looked at on a smartphone, a tablet, a laptop, Mm -hmm. or a desktop. And so what we're really trying to do here is we're trying to serve up an optimal viewing experience for Every site visitor, no matter what device they're using to access. Yep. And so it doesn't require the, the, the zoom in to, to find the that button that's on the far right corner of the header of the navigation. That I think it says, you know, schedule a consultation, but you're not quite sure because, well, no one's eyesight's that good except yep. for Superman. So what we want to do here is 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 look at some things so let's let's go let's flip back to the the talk track where we're assuming that your and here I go assuming again we're 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 going to go along in the mindset that your website is mobile ready what else can you do let's say that your website was built to be responsive yeah a couple of years ago but you haven't really looked at it much and now you're seeing in your analytics report that your mobile traffic 60%, 70 is outpacing your, your desktop traffic. Yep. It's time to, to pay attention to what, how you're looking to the majority of your site visitors. So first thing I say is, or say to look at is what do you see on the homepage right away when your website loads? Is it, is your, is your, your main call to action, your main headline, your, your value proposition there front and center that they can see. Mm. Um, do you, do they clearly understand what's going on, where they're at, or is it uh, filled with a, a bunch of navigational items because your navigation doesn't collapse? There's, yep. What does that experience look like? <clears throat> and, and is that how you would like your website to be presented? First and foremost, above the fold, your fold is definitely smaller on a mobile device than it is in your desktop. So you have to make 
better use of that real estate. And, and, and kind of look through the experience, go through experience. You know, how are all the elements on your homepage or the secondary pages? How, how, how well are those positioned? Mm-hmm. Um, does it flow well? Does it, does it feel natural? Does it, cause it's going to be a different view. You have again, much less real estate. You have a much narrower screen. Um, there's going to be more scrolling required. So do you present all of the images and all the information that, that you want, uh, that you normally do on your desktop version? Or do you have a different uh, version that, that is uh, presented there? Um, yeah. Forms are another thing that's huge because the thing huge. is, is <laughs> if, you're, if you're sending traffic to your site, you have marketing campaigns going on, you're investing, uh, whether it be, you know, paid search or, or just the, the effort you're putting in for, for organic or driving people to your traffic from, from your email marketing efforts, you know, email, so much emails open on mobile devices. So they're yeah. going to visit your website from a mobile device. And if you're trying to convert them through use of a form and your form is yep. not easy to use, you're crushing your conversion opportunities. <laughs> I've got somebody that I just talked to about this and uh, they couldn't figure it out. They had multiple forms of marketing that they were doing. They were running ads from Google, from Facebook, from Yelp. Uh, they had a couple of traditional methods in place that they were doing to direct traffic to their site. And she, the reason that she reached out was the fact that they had only, they were getting like two to three um, website submissions on a monthly basis, form submissions on a monthly basis. And she couldn't figure it out. She was, she had a pretty decent amount of traffic and everything. So we started diving in and um, I took a look at it and I was like, uh, you know, that your, your traffic, your mobile traffic is 75% of your visitors. And she had a, she had a website that wasn't mobile ready. So essentially she's spending all this money on a monthly basis, sending these folks to a, a website that is, you know, it's not mobile friendly and she's got all of these ads running to this page. So again, I mean, these are just things that people are not aware of. They don't know that they've got 75% of their traffic being mobile as opposed to 25% being desktop. And, you know, just the importance of this, if you have not looked at it is huge. Sure. I mean, literally she's paying money to send people to a bad experience. They're leaving. Right. I mean, it's all you're doing is flushing that money down the train essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the only other, the the last thing I wanted to make mention about uh, things uh, to look at regarding your website, being mobile ready or responsive is also check and see how quickly your site loads on mobile devices. Yeah. You want to make sure that your website does load quickly. Um, we all know what a slow loading website will do to Adios. our bounce rate. And that's is the quickest way to get someone to simply do that, to bounce off. You leave your site before you get at them the opportunity to dive in deeper and go to more information, more pages. So uh, if you haven't made the switch yet, do so. If you have, yeah. do an audit, run through some things, make sure that that experience is everything that you would expect it to be on the desktop. Yep. All good points. All right. So next up we talked about, uh, actually we just recently talked about this. I think, uh, we talked about the importance of having a value proposition on one of the recent episodes. This is 
this one should be an easy addition to your website without making a bunch of changes. Uh, just adding a value proposition. It helps provide a positive visitor experience. There's absolutely nothing worse than getting to a homepage of a website and not having a clue as to, you know, what service, what product it is that, you know, you're being offered to your visitors. So, you know, you need to connect with your customer the second that they land on your site. And, you know, having a having a proper value proposition in place is an extremely important first step, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we we actually we just covered this in the last episode, uh, but it's yeah. so important. I think it's so overlooked. We first thing that I often chat to individuals about is pull up your website and they're like, "What do you think?" I was like, "I know what you do, but if I never met you before, I wouldn't know what you did or what my purpose, what, did, what yeah. you were going to give me by visiting your website." <laughs> and so, you need to know right away when when when. You need to let your site visitor know right away they're in the right place in that you can help them by clearly just identifying what you do and how it will benefit them. Yeah. So this this value proposition, check out uh, the last episode, episode I believe 19, mm-hmm. and we go through uh, some detail on creating this. But this is one of those easy-to-add items. We can plug in a value proposition above the fold on the homepage and if you're finding struggles of uh, having a high bounce rate, this is one of the easiest things to do. Uh, likely people are coming to your site and then they're not clear on what it is what that it you're is doing. Do next. So what exactly, without forcing you to go through the last episode, what exactly is a value proposition? It's a concise statement positioning the value that you bring to a customer and how exactly you can solve their problems. So it clearly all identified the following questions. What is the product or service you're selling? Yeah. What sets you apart? What makes you different from your competitors? <clears throat> what is the key benefit of your product or service? What does that key benefit provide to the, the site visitor? And it defines who you are actually selling to. Who is your target buyer persona? So definitely check this out. Take a peek. Uh, it's episode 19. I, I believe I'm, I'm not going to hold that. We'll include a link in the show yeah, notes. To this is the last episode. episode. It was there was, last we had some great examples in there, and um, it's it's well worth the time to take a peek at that if you haven't yet. Absolutely. But of all the items here on this list, I think that this one is probably the Super easiest easy. and yep. could have the most impact. So definitely take a look and go through the exercise. If you don't have a clear value proposition, create one, get that above the fold. Yep. It'll, it'll do wonders. That one's pretty easy. This one's pretty easy as well. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about having clear call to actions on your website. One of the biggest mistakes website owners make is just not telling and letting the visitor know what to do next. Um, This kind of ties into the value proposition is just, you know, provide your site visitors with a clear call to act, clear CTA, which you're going to hear a lot, call to action that tells them exactly where you want them to go next on your website. What are the next steps that you want to take that, that visitor through? So Ken, I mean, our value proposition talks about attracting more traffic, generating more leads and closing more customers. And then we follow that up with this nice shiny blue button, um, AKA CTA telling our visitor to get started, you know, and this is where you have the ability to guide your visitor through what it is that you want to present, take them through the journey on your website, 
what are some different CTAs that you know can be used with uh, with these types of, of offers? Sure. So the button's a perfect example. That's the most simplistic form, and in, in different types of calls to action vary depending on where 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 they're at in the buyer's journey mm-hmm. or the funnel. And so you have top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottle of, of funnel calls to action. So a bottom of funnel one would be call today or schedule, schedule an appointment. appointment. Um, more of a top of funnel, like we have on our website, is is let's get started. It's really a this is where you this is the first step. Get get started here, and we're going to take you on this little journey here of explaining what we do and uh, ultimately helping you decide where you need to go. What's your next step? Um, so other types of CTAs, they can be banners, graphical banners. Uh, they could be, um, a, a simple, uh, a video or an animated, uh, uh, GIF. It could be, uh, a simple link in a lot of times you'll find that it's great to position multiple CTAs on the same page yeah. because each site visitor is going to have a different intent and they're going to be at a different stage of the buyer's journey while they're visiting your website. So it's, it's kind of like uh, having the, these different, uh, different offers for the, the different folks at the different stages. Um, yeah. And so basically it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's not uncommon to have a single CTA on a page and it'd probably be something a little bit more deeper into uh, your site where you'd have it uh, more pointed knowing that if they're on this page, that this is a specific CTA, but you know, with your CTAs that they're going to be typically linked up to a landing page with a form that has this desired action. It's a clear fill out this form and you will receive this is where you go. This this is what you do next. Exactly. There's no other options to do anything. Yeah. So you're not going to, that landing page is going to be void of uh, phone numbers or navigation. You're yep. really trying to, 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 to take them along this path and have the least amount of distractions as yeah. possible. Your, your sole purpose is to get them to convert whatever the instruction of the call to action was you want them to follow through to through that action. So uh, landing pages, they're also going to help you convert or uh, check out those conversion rates, which are really helpful. So you can see how well your CTAs are performing and then uh, make adjustments if you need to, but adding CTAs are going to help with your conversions. So all that website traffic that you're working your butt off to get you know, all the eyeballs you're working to get to your website and you sit there and scratch your head, much like the, uh, the, the customer that you were talking about previously, scratch your head going, okay, great. I have all this traffic and I'm spending a, a lot of, of, of resources, time and money in getting this traffic and I'm not getting conversions. What the hell's going on in, you're you just know, not telling them what to do. You're exactly. Not direction. That's it. Period. You just grab their hand and say, follow yep. me. And that's all it is. It's, it's just really, Think of, think, just, just put yourself in their shoes. If I came to, you know, my front door and I was lost, what would I do first? What would be the next step? And those are the CTAs. You just want to take them through. So, Got them. nope, that uh, CTAs are, are another simple example. Perfect. Um, another big, big area that I can see for improvement is with forms on your website. I see this all the time where clients have, you know, they want to, they want everything from, from their website visitors. 
uh, and they provide you with this ridiculous long list where it's, you know, 34 fields of information. And this is what I want to collect from my website visitors. So put this on this form. <laughs> it, it I mean, it, it is funny, but it happens more often than not. And, you know, it would, would it be nice to collect all that information from your visitor? Heck yeah. But, um, that's, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. They're probably going to take a glance at that form and just run because, nobody's going to fill out that much information. So um, this one's simple. Just make your forms as make your forms as simple as possible and make them extremely easy to complete. Um, you know, just going back to our conversation on how important it is to have your site mobile ready. Just think about that from, from that standpoint, if you've got this form or you've even got, even got, you know, nothing ridiculous, let's just say like 10 fields, um, and you know, you're buying ads and you're sending these folks to your, your website and you're sending them, maybe you are sending them directly to a landing page, directly to that form. And then, you know, if I'm on my phone and I, I have to fill out, you know, 10 fields, just think about how long that would take you to do that. So, um, just really, you know, take a step back and look at your forms, simplify them and think of just the, the necessary information that you need in order to get that lead into your system. And, you know, you'll be able to gather all that additional information at some point if you have them properly set up in some type of funnel or sequence, you know, where you're sending them out information. That's the key there, what you just said. You'll be able to grab all those additional data points that you just have to have. At some point. At some point. But right (laughs) now, what you're trying to do, you know, don't don't walk up to them. run. On, make you know, leave. The very first <laughs> second you meet them, be like, hey, uh, my name is Ken. What's yours? Great. Can I have your social security number? Holy your firstborn. Your right. Firstborn. No, your that's, that's just not going to happen. You gotta what build else some, can you give me right now? Exactly. So you got to build some trust there. And, and, and really the first time, I mean, this is your first meeting with them likely. And if it's not, yeah. you know, even so, you want them to complete this form. In make it easy. Especially first name, email address, anything else. Cut exactly. it down. Well, it, at an initial entry point, yes, first name, email address, or just an email address, just get them in your system. Now, yeah. if you're if you're a little bit more of a bottom of funnel and you're trying to schedule an appointment and you'd like to have Different. a phone number, then fine, grab a phone number, get an email address, and maybe if you want to ask them a little bit about the project, at that point, they're going to be willing to give up a little bit of information. You don't need their yeah. business address. You don't need to know what their annual revenue is, how many employees they have, all that jazz at this point, right? Yeah. You just need to understand, just get them. Just need to be able to talk to them. Easy form to, to fill out. And so it's a couple of things to, to really consider when, when your forms look at them and see, are they easy on the eyes? Are they clear? Are they, is there nice color contrast is one thing that's important. I mean, if they're difficult, challenging, they, 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 uh, have buttons that are too closely colored with the backgrounds. And there's not a clear uh, purpose of your form in the headline. Um, tell them exactly what the reason is they're filling out this form and then tell yeah. them that they're going to, what they're going to get out of it. So uh, what's going to happen after they fill out the form? Will they receive an email with more instruction? Will somebody uh, from the company be contacting them? So, so be explicit in, in letting them know that, you know, you fill this form out, you know, this is what is going to happen. Um, label your fields clearly. This is one thing where I've, I've gone through and looked at forms and now I wasn't quite sure, especially the longer forms. If you find the need, sometimes 
you know, you have a, an online job application, which there's no way around. Those, those usually have <laughs> many, many fields. But sometimes they're laid out where you just kind of like, okay, is my name go here? Is my name go there? And it's just really yeah. confusing. So make sure that the labels are easily associated with the proper field, which comes to the next point of using lots of space. Don't try using tiny fields all crammed into the smallest space possible. Some people, they'll say, well, I can fit more fields in here if I make my form, if I make it smaller fields and, you know, kind of jam it all in here. It's going to look cluttered. And the thing is, is the more intimidating your form looks, the less more people are going to not fill that thing Exactly. Out. Exactly. So um, for your forms, you know, if it needs to be a long form like that application, break it into multiple sections so that it's just, it's super simple to do. Um, if you have a job application form, break it into sections, general information, education, so on and so forth. Break it down into five sections. When people refresh, you know, go to the next step, it's just going to be like, okay, great. I only have like six fields to fill out in this page. This is yeah, easy. It's so much easier. If you serve them up a, a, a long, you know, scrolling form that they're going to look at that, their eyes are going to glaze over and they're going to be like, I think I can find something better to do. Mm-hmm. And so, and then this last thing is, is just, check out what they look like on mobile. Cause like you said, with th- that previous example, if your forms, you know, if your, your site isn't mobile, then you definitely need to get there. But if your forms are challenging to use on mobile devices, mm-hmm. you're going to find it, it even more challenging to get conversions out of that. So yep. make your Especially forms simple. That's where majority of your traffic's coming from. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, um, speaking of crammed this next one, <laughs> I'm not sure why, but it seems like a ton of websites that we review, they are really, really scared of using white space on their page or they just have never tried it. Uh, these sites, it just, you get to one of these sites and you, you instantly, it's just, everything is jammed together. Just like you said on the, with the forms, you know, where you're trying to save space and, and, you know, the site visitor is not going to have a clue as to where they're going next. They're going to be scratching their heads, wondering, you know, what should I do? What should I concentrate on? What's the point of me being here? So end of the day, add some white space, give, give your website a little bit of a breather and air that sucker out. Right. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the key here. You're, you're right. And I, and I think that this is becoming less and less, uh, common where we're cramming everything together. And I think white space is being more uh, readily used, but d- don't try to cram too much into one spot on your site. And, and mm-hmm. you, can, you can move that stuff around in the, the other pages. Um, you know, there's, there's oftentimes we hear, you know, I, I never, I hear that I hear, I hear clients or customers say this. I never scroll down very far. So I need to get as much of this above the fold as I possibly can. Um, and so they don't want a long homepage. Right. Because yeah, they were probably told that in the past too. But get for, everything about the fold. Well, no, no, no. And, and, and it's important to get the important elements above the fold, but you got to make sure that you can clearly present what it is you're trying, the point you're trying to make. So if, yeah. if you start throwing too much above the fold, there's no focal point. It's just one giant blob Cluster, of mess, right. stuff that you don't know where to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there, there is lots of people, lots of users do scroll. I always tell everyone that that comes with a a statement like that is don't make these types of decisions based on how you yourself 
Yeah, everybody Use is going to navigate differently. Exactly. So the, these these things to really look. I mean, I'm not going to argue all day long that it, the above the fold it gets a lot more viewership than the bottom of the page. That is by sure. at by far. That's if you have direction, and if it's not, you know, loaded up with 48 things. Sure, absolutely. But there's a lot of factors that go into that. The these. Uh, the likelihood they're going to make to the bottom of the page outside of the length. And so, you know, how you present your information, how clear you are. And a lot of the things we've already described are going to be in that, that, uh, right. Uh, factor there. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> mobile views, you think about, you're never going to get all that information above the fold that you have on your desktop view. There's just less real estate there. Right. So, you know, really make use of the, the white space, make it easy, present and be clear and concise. Um, spread your items out. If you need and find that the page is getting too long for your likings, then then look at moving some elements over to secondary pages and, and presenting some some clear avenues, links, CTAs to get to yeah. that additional information. Yeah. Um, use white space, and, and I, I guarantee if you air out the website a little bit, make things a lot easier to digest, you're going to find that more and more people are going to find your information more attractive, more engaging, and mm-hmm. the overall better site experience. Completely agree. Um, next on the list, we have increase page speed. This is uh, something that's becoming a, a topic that a lot of people are hearing about. And really, I mean, there's nothing worse than when you get to a website and you see, you know, the little loading, loading, loading message. The load time of sites is, you know, especially with, you know, Google and the way that your site is being displayed in the SERPs anymore. I mean, there's so many different factors now. Um, page speed is is extremely important. And you know, everybody's impatient now. <laughs> and if, if your page is taking, you know, you've got all these different elements that are making it load for five, six, seven, eight seconds, people are leaving anyhow. So um, just make sure that you're measuring your, your website load times and. Um, yeah, there's all, there's, there's oftentimes, you know, some really simple things that you can do to, to speed up your page load, uh, the, the, the loading of your website, the, how quickly it, it loads. So, and not only is it great for your site visitors, because the thing is, like you said, there's nothing more frustrating coming to uh, trying to serve up a web page and be like, oh, my Lord, when is, is it going to display? Exactly. So that that's going to hurt you. But the same sense you may mention about showing up in the search engines in the search engines are taking account page load speed, how quickly your, your website will load into consideration. Now. You're not going to get added points for having a fast website, but you will get demoted if you have a slow one. So uh, what are some things that cause websites to load slowly? Large images are oftentimes a main contributor to uh, slowing something down. So look at your images. Make sure that you uh, have those optimized. Uh, You don't want to sacrifice quality. You still want to have a good looking image, but... There's often just not a 50 megabyte image. <laughs> Definitely don't go with that large of, of <laughs> image, sure. Um, We've seen it. The other thing to look out for is, is some of the, the template sites or the, uh, the themes that you'd buy out of the box and set up. A lot of times uh, these themes, these purchased themes are 
just chock full of all this functionality. It, it, it allows someone that doesn't know how to code to create a website, yeah. which is fantastic. The problem is it's oftentimes jam packed with so much additional bells and whistles and tools and things that it just slows everything down. And to give you that functionality, that ability to, to, to set up your own website, you end up ha- having uh, these additional elements that are hurting your page load speed. So, Oftentimes you can strip out a lot of those things because you're not using them. Uh, so, so definitely check into that. Um, plugins, same, same thing. If you're using WordPress or, or, uh, another site, uh, that, that uses plugins or extensions, uh, check out and see if any of those plugins, sometimes they need updates. Sometimes they conflict with one another and, uh, cause some page load issues. Um, yeah. some of these, Items you can address yourself, like the image size thing. It's likely something that you could uh, quickly look and say, "Oh, if I pull this image down, and I, you know, you look at a tutorial on YouTube and how to optimize an image and uh, a photo editor, uh, make that smaller, make that uh, in, in size something that's it's more acceptable. Load that back up. You're, that's something you could likely do yourself. Some of the troubleshooting of maybe stripping out unneeded things from purchase themes or conflicts between plugins you might have to actually uh, seek the assistance of someone that knows a little bit more about coding but uh definitely look at page speed Dude, two two big visitors that are gonna uh, really be interested in, in page load speed are your site visitors the the actual humans and then obviously the search engines when they come crawl your site they want to make yeah. sure that that loads quickly nicely neatly so be nice make your site load fast Load fast. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this. This is actually kind of similar to our white space formatting your content. There is absolutely nothing worse than getting to a website where you've got just walls of text everywhere. (laughs) It's just that resemble a, a high school textbook. So, I mean, just take a look at your your h1 tags your your headlines your sub headlines and you know pay attention to the spacing and everything with all your copy is it all jammed together let it breathe i mean it's the same thing that we're talking about with white space you just really need to take a step back and you know from a visitor standpoint when they're looking at your website do they know what they're looking at with your content do they understand the direction to go next is it all crammed together just let it breathe absolutely you know the thing is is you go to a site and, and you, you're served up that wall of content. Like, Oh my Lord, this is, this is, what is this? this is going to be too much to read. I'm, I'm not even interested in, in, and it's served up in 12 point font with uh super tight line spacing and uh, it, 12 paragraphs. It's 12 paragraphs long with uh, just, oh, am I going to get through this? Unreal. It's 10,000 words, 12, 12 paragraphs. And you're just like, Holy crap. I am not touching this. So we still need to tell our story, though. We still have to give the site visitor the information that they need in order to decide if they're going to continue doing whatever it is they're on our site to do. And so what we want to do here is make use of some of these formatting options so that our text looks more appealing. Now, 10,000 words, 12 paragraphs, you probably might you know, be able to cut that down perhaps maybe not let's just say that we're going to go with that you have 10,000 mm-hmm. words that are as lean as possible and so what can we do here to make that more attractive well, you made mention of of using h tags or headlines so make sure your headlines are properly set up to have distinction you know the h1 should be 
uh, likely a little bit larger and dominant than the H2 and then the H3. And so make use of these properly throughout your content so that each section, if we're going to stick with the 12 paragraphs we have going on, let's make sure that each of those 12 paragraphs are defined by a headline. And then pay attention to the space in your copy. Some simple things like padding and margin adjustments can make a huge difference in the appearance of your text. So if if, if your paragraph, the, the paragraph text is hugging too closely to that headline, it, it, it's just going to look back again cluttered use some white space add some add some some padding and margin to those items there so that it spaces that out a little bit easier on the eyes absolutely um line height's another thing that's a super simple fix but make sure that there's a little bit of of spacing between the lines in your paragraph It, it lets that text breathe and it makes it just much easier um when you're moving from one paragraph to the next add a little bit of extra spacing super simple and don't place text too close to any particular edges, uh, edges of your browser window, edges of images. Again, um, make sure that it is, um, got plenty of space around it. Um, the other thing that I find super important when it comes to formatting is font choice. Choose a font. So let's say that you're, you're a logo. Let's say, uh, let's say that you are in the, uh, health and beauty, uh, you, you own a beauty salon and, and you see there's a lot in beauty salons. They, they like to use sh- script type font types in my you, text shouldn't be script type too. No, you should not definitely Come on. look at yes, should. Uh, no. So, so make sure that your font is easy <laughs> to read. Go with something simple. Don't try to get fancy with it. Um, don't, uh, don't try to, to serve up your entire site in papyrus um, <laughs> or comic sans because you'll have, people outside your door with pitchforks and flaming uh, posts boy. ready to, to take you out. No, make just, just make it simple and easy to read for sure. Um, make sure that there's really good contrast between your font color and your background, especially if you're going to use a dark colored black or dark blue or a really dark background, go with a white text and make sure that your links are, are going to have that, that same contrast. Don't make it challenging to try to, have anyone read what it is that you're trying to write. Cause that's just uh counterproductive. Um, what are some other things? Don't make your, your, your bullets lists. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Bullet. Bold. Yes. Make, make lists as much as you can. Um, bold italicized keywords that are key points that just break that are, up the tag. Just, it'll make things a lot easier in images. Images are, are, are awesome. Um, the other thing is, is don't make the width, of your paragraphs too wide on your page. You, 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 the eyeball only wants to travel so far before it comes back. So the ideal width of a paragraph is about 40 to 45 characters, or excuse me, 40 to 55 characters, which is usually about eight to 10 words. So you, you might be looking and be like, are you kidding me? No, literally think about it, look at it, try. If you take that 10,000 word post and you put it into a format where you only have eight to 10 words per line, uh, let's just do simple math here. It's 10 words per line. You have a thousand lines in your post. No problem. It's going to be a longer page, but guess what? It's going to be much, much easier to read. And I guarantee you it's going to be read more often than if you serve that up in yeah. 500 lines. So definitely take that <clears throat> into consideration and uh, use links. Links 
are you know linked to other pages throughout your website for relevant copy. Uh, if you cite something, uh, link to that external source to provide credit to them. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, make sure your link color uh, one has clear contrast against your background, but also is different enough from your normal regular text color so they can clearly identify that it is a link. But uh, yeah, formatting that content will take, take you a long way. All right. So we talked in an earlier podcast about how important it is to use great photos on your site. Uh, this is a really, it's a cost of head. I mean, this should be, you know, relatively inexpensive to be able to update and it will make a huge impact on your visitors. So use awesome images, you know, images are the key elements that are grabbing attention and telling your story. You know, they can be between someone, you know, driving further into your content or, you know, simply just taking off and leaving right away. If it doesn't resonate with them, if it doesn't relate to what it is that you're presenting, they're going to go bye-bye pretty quick. So, um, Ken, do you think it's a, a good idea to use your own images? What would you suggest? If possible, yes. Use your own images. Your own imagery is going to definitely be understood as genuine and in, in being your own versus stock photos. Now I'm not saying anything bad about stock photos. Sometimes we don't have an option. We only can use stock photos, but when possible, if you have a, the ability, um, use your own photos, make sure though, that they're high resolution. Uh, some of the screens on even smartphones these days are freaking amazing as far mm-hmm. as the, uh, uh, resolution, what they can bring out, uh, the best, they, they bring out the best in a great image, but they also can, uh, <laughs> They amplify the worst of a bad one as well. So make sure that you use photos at a high resolution. Um, If you suck at taking pictures, which some of us do, uh, find someone that doesn't suck. It's pretty simple. (laughs) If you you don't have any friends that uh, take pictures, hire someone. uh, You can get a decent photographer at a reasonable rate. I mean, they're not... uh, I mean, there's there's really, really, really good accomplished photographers that'll cost you more, but there's a lot of yeah. really good photographers that are more than willing to come out and take photos of your products, your services, your facilities, your staff, you uh, hanging from a tree, cutting a branch down, whatever it is that you do, <laughs> they're they're gonna co- they they'll come out and take a picture of you, and you can get that done at a reasonable rate. So yes, if you're not right. if you're a novice uh, or you have no idea how to use a camera outside of Point and clicking. Um, yeah, grab someone that understands maybe use lighting a little bit so that you can really get some good imagery for your websites. But so if using what your, if you stink and you can't find anybody and you can't find a photographer? Sure. So so if, if you strike out on all three of those fronts, then you can you can rely on stock photography. I mean, there's lots of photographers that have taken awesome pictures that are putting them out there for you to use so long as you secure the licensing to do so. So um, that's the key element here. Stock photo sites. There's lots of them out there. Uh, Most of them are super reasonable in price. I'm talking a couple dollars. You can find an image to put on your website. Uh, It's definitely worth spending the money on purchasing the rights to use those images. Um, Don't steal photos from Google. People, uh, for one, people, that's somebody else's work, and uh, just because it's on the internet does not mean that it's fair game, contrary to popular belief. 
um, someone does own the rights to that photo. And uh, we've seen it. I know we've mentioned it here in this podcast before. We've seen it firsthand with clients who have chosen to do that They or are people that we've uh, started working with who told us stories where photos from their website were pulled from Google and they got uh, some nasty letters from some fun-filled attorneys and all that jazz. So Avoid it. You don't want to do that. It's not worth it. Um, because, yeah, uh, even, you know, I've seen, well, you know, my buddy stole a, you know, picture uh, from, you know, this other site here. So technically, you know, he said I could use it. I don't know where it came from. If you don't know where this, the, the photo came from, don't use it. Don't use it. <laughs> even, even when you're working with a web developer, uh, web designer, web developer, and creating your new site, ask them. Say, hey, do we? Well, I mean, because ultimately they're responsible for it. It's not the person that put it on your server. It's it's you. Correct. It's you. You're the owner. You're the website. You you're you're the business owner. And guess what? You're going to get smacked with a nice hefty fine. So yeah, definitely figure out where that came from before you have it posted. Yep, but not to scare the crap out of anyone. I mean, it, 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 stock photography is available. It's affordable. All we're just trying to say is just don't steal. Yep. It. Don't steal it. So. In the hierarchy of importance here, um, take your own photos, hire someone if you can, that's very affordable. Next step down, use stock photos um, and, and purchase the rights. Um, sometimes the image you need isn't something that you can exactly get. And so this is where uh, uh, the third option, maybe you use the services of a graphic designer uh, mm. and you take components from a couple different photos to piece together um, this, some of the best ads and artwork and hero images and elements that yeah, are compilations of, yeah, a couple different <clears throat> elements. So it might be part of a, a photo that you took coupled with uh, the background of something else. Uh, it's You can really create whatever you'd like. And you have the best of both worlds. So... Uh, several different options there for using awesome images, but as you started, you know, talking about this this item here, uh, using awesome images, mm. your images are going to be uh, the, the people visiting your site are going to look at the images first, and they're going to start looking uh, at your at your copy. So make them awesome and have them support your story. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, that was the eight items that um, we think that could be relatively um, easily implemented to help improve your websites. Um, that's going to be a wrap for today. I hope you guys in, enjoyed our conversation. Uh, we would be more than happy to provide you guys with a free evaluation of your site and provide you with some further details on you know some different improvements that you could make. We will provide a link in the show notes. Um, if you would like to request an evaluation, the show notes will be available at www.neangoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Uh, we are going to talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.